Parts? O'Reilly Auto Parts has parts. Need them fast? We've got fast. No matter what you need, we have thousands of professional parts people doing their part to make sure you have it. Product availability. Just one part that makes O'Reilly stand apart. The professional parts people. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. But I, for one, find it not only terribly disheartening, but also an offence against truth to hear you say you wish to be alone at a mere six and twenty. Perhaps you should not. I will be a governess. I will be content knowing my sister is taken care of. Content? Are you so miserable, my lady? I beg your pardon? Are you not alone yourself? I watch you. I see you. You are more than content. Because I have lived a life. I am a widow. I have loved, I have lost. I have earned the right to do whatever I please, whenever I please, and however I please to do it. Child, you are not me. And if you continue down this road, you most certainly never will be. All the way from Providence, Rhode Island, welcome to Bridgerton with Mary and Blake. It's a podcast dedicated to Bridgerton on Netflix. So sit back, relax, and let's get ready to spill the tea. Hello, everyone. Welcome back. My name is Mary Larson. My name is Blake, and I will tell you this. I think the greatest burn I've ever heard in my life is Ooh, she's a prickly spinster of a of a beast. <laughs> oh my word. Oh my word. You can't come back from that. You can't. When someone calls you a prickly spinster of a of a beast, call it quits. Agreed. You know you don't got to go home but you can't stay here. Nope. That's the end. I mean you got to you, you gotta, might as well just start over life again. Yes. <laughs> and figure it out because no coming back. No. <laughs> I don't even know what you do. It's scathing. I mean, luckily there's reincarnation in India. <laughs> so you can start over. I forgot the word. I was actually <laughs> taught the Balinese word for when things reincarnate. There's reincarnation in <laughs> India. Reinvent yourself through oh, reincarnation. I was taught man. that when I held a, I had baby ducks. I uh-huh. bought them in the market, which were meant to be eaten yeah, or something. And they croaked. And I just thought I could keep one. I kept two. Did I keep two? Uh, I think I kept one and it died. Yeah. And then they like clapped the the people I was with. They clapped their hands. They said some word and they said that it's going to be reincarnated and it's okay. Sounds great. (laughs) (laughs) I did not feel great about that. Were they prickly spinsters of a beast? No, they were actually really lovely people. Oh. Yeah. They were lovely. That was when Mary ditched me for an entire summer, essentially. No, yeah. I earned a grant to go learn how to play the gamelan ditched in me. Bali for a summer. When we first started dating, I would me. do that choice again. I, was I love you. Broken. And I was hot <laughs> in Bali. Yes, you were. Yes, you were. <laughs> All right. So, um, I, you know what I need to start doing, Blake, is What's I do that? need to start doing an episode recap. And I don't know where you'd like me to do that in the show because this is um, a binge-worthy show. Yes. And our friends have probably watched all the episodes, so I kind of feel the need to recap, and I don't know where you'd like me to do that. If it's here, there, everywhere, I don't know. Um, You know what? Let's do it. 
Let's do it now. Okay. Yeah. Because, you know, before we do, I want to remind you all that you can hit that subscribe button and, and, um, all your favorite podcast apps. If you're watching us on Facebook or yes. YouTube, it actually means a great deal to us if you hit subscribe. You can also leave us a rating and review. It helps other people who love Bridgerton find our podcast. Um, you can also go to maryandblake.com and find the Mary and Blake Facebook group. And if we bring a little bit of Lumos into your life, some light into your days, please think about going to jointhenerdclan.com for as little as $2 a month. It's less than a cup of coffee. It is a heck of a lot less than a gallon of gas. I'll tell you what. <laughs> oh, man. You can be making a huge difference in Blake and my so life. So we can afford some gas. <laughs> so, yeah, so we can afford gas. Exactly. Um, but really, it's a mom and pop podcast. So thank you, friends, at jointhenerdclan.com for making all of this possible. You truly mean so much to us and for those of you who are going to be joining the future thank you so this of course is episode 202 um edwina has drawn the eye of several suitors and kate has taken charge of deciding which ones edwina will meet to anthony's dismay she is staunchly against anthony courting her Mm -hmm. colin returns from his travels while eloise becomes intrigued to find out who lady whistledown's identity is once again after learning that edwina will be at the horse races accompanied by another lord anthony takes his family and manages to integrate himself with edwina Queen Charlotte plans to use Edwina to unmask Lady Whistledown and invites the Sharma Sharmas to the palace. <laughs> Sharma Sharma and the rest of the Sharmas. Benedict entertains the prospect of studying it's art. It's a good band name. What? Sharma Sharma and the rest mm, of the Sharmas. Love it. Oh my gosh, too bad we don't play rock band anymore. I know. Um, <laughs> Anthony impresses Edwina with a speech at a soiree hosted by Lady Danbury. Um, and Madame Delacroix catches Penelope at ah, the market. Yes, big for deal. For the letter K. Very big deal here. All right. Um, so that is that. I like, I love the recap. Thank you very much, Mary. Ready to get into the details for this episode? Yes, I am. Let's do it. Okay. All right, Marvin. This is it. Episode 202, titled Off to the Races. And you know what? I like this title, obviously because they're going to the races. They're going to go see the horses. They're going to do the whole thing. However, this is, I feel like now that we've gotten a chance to get into the series, the first episode is there and we've watched it. We've seen the characters. We're introduced to the Shama Shamas. We're ready to go, and we are, as viewers, off to the races. The plot is off to the races, and trust me, there is a lot going on in this ep- in this episode, and I think in terms of the plot itself. So I think the it's an apropos title for what we're watching in terms of Bridgerton itself. The director, once again, is Trisha Brock. She directed the first episode of Bridgerton Season 2, and also the writer is Daniel Robinson. Now, this is uh Daniel has written for uh, actually staying within the the Shonda Land Shonda Rhimes world here. Uh, he has written for the television show How to Get Away with Murder. He served as a a writer for that uh, for that show also, but in in addition to being a story editor and an executive story editor. Now, Marvin, I know. I know. You're sitting there and you're asking yourself. <laughs> That was you, funny. You wish I was asking myself. If you if you're not watching the live, you just missed a, a fantastic ver- <laughs> view of Mary. Um, I know Mary. I know you're sitting there and you're you're waiting with bated breath. What is a story editor, and what 
is the difference between a story editor and an executive story editor. Sure, Blake. I know you're, in you're, your dreams. you're just, you're just champing at the bit. You, you keep doing that. I'm going to go back to the Bridgerton Instagram feed. <laughs> <laughs> so there's a story editor. Okay, I am interested. Tell yes, me. A, a story editor essentially um, is someone who works with the writers. They help develop all the stories with the writers. They make sure that the scripts are actually edited and that mm. they're ready to go for the production itself so that when somebody that is an actor or a director or an assistant director gets their hands on the script, it's actually something that they can read and they can, they can produce and they work with the, uh, the official writer of the script to make sure that the story is okay, that it's following the Bible of what the show is trying to produce. They give the writer feedback like the, on the quality of their work and they, what they also do is they they make sure that the that the writer stays true to what they're trying to uh, commit to, like making sure that there are certain things in continuity that there uh, that each page is essentially sixty seconds worth of television screen time, and then when we talk about that, then we get into the executive story editor. Now, the executive story editor it's more senior to the story editor, but it, it's essentially the the same thing. It's really just uh, it's not even really a bump in pay. It's just you're an executive story editor now. You've been working in our business here for two or three years, you deserve a new title. And then eventually you kind of move into the co-producer role and, and you go from there. And then you move up to the actual writer terminology itself. So that is that. And now, I, Mary, I know, I know that you were waiting, you were champing at the bit, Mary. And now you have your answer and you're so happy that we've described and delineated the difference between story editor and an executive story editor. You can tell yourself that. <laughs> <laughs> so what do you got? What is your... My cup of tea. What's your cup of tea rating here? My cup of tea is the same rating that I had actually for the premiere episode, which is a 4.6. And for y'all who follow the Marion Blake line of podcasts, that's a little low. It is not a tad super low. For low. You. It's not like four point three low, but it's like whew, got a little chilly in here, and it's because it's still, it's still getting things ramped up, and yeah. it takes me a little while to be super excited. Yeah, well, you know, I I don't. Well, we'll, we'll get into that. We'll I know. That. All right, for so me, that's my cups. All right, for me, my cup of tea rating. I'm giving it four, which is lower than the previous episode. Okay. I think I gave it a four one last episode. I'm giving it a four because. It's good. I enjoy it. Like I enjoy living in the world. Agreed. I enjoy I enjoy the Bridgerton family. Yes. The dynamic. Yes. But I my my doors ain't getting blown off. Yet. I want to be a Bridgerton. Who wouldn't want to be I a mean, Bridgerton? Honestly, you've got it made in the shade if you're a Bridgerton. Right? The snacks for days. Always snacks. Flowers, <laughs> outfits, always someone to talk to. It, 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 you know. And there's so many kids that your mom can't really stay mad at you for long. It yeah. gets diluted. Yeah, because like, <laughs> <laughs> it's like when you're running with a pack of animals, like there's less likelihood. I've for never you to done get... that in my life. <laughs> <laughs> and the, the bigger the pack of the animals, the less likely you are to All get All I'm like, picturing is eaten. Simba. And the wildebeest and the Mufasa's death, but okay. Long live the king. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh, that is one of the few times in a Broadway performance that I've cried. 
Get out of here. It was when fake Lion Mufasa died. I've seen the bloody Lion King a million times, which has got me. Fake fake Mufasa dies yep. in a Broadway Fo- show. Fofasa. Fofasa. <laughs> oh, it was the music. Oh. oh, my God. It was when Simba came and he thought it was his fault, and it just I was just moved. Run away, Simba. Oh, I was sobbing. Oh, Jeremy Irons is perfect in Concur. that role. Okay. Sorry. But you were saying running with lots of animals. Yeah, no, in terms of the Bridgertons, like it's if, it's like if you're running with a pack of animals and you're like less likely to get eaten if there are more animals because there's more to choose from. Is this from. one of the examples where you're talking about where I probably shouldn't go on ADHD medication in case I think I find out <laughs> that I actually do have it because I wouldn't yeah. lead us to Mufasa, a.k.a. Fofasa. <laughs> And then Jeremy Irons. Yeah. I asked, like, recently, I was like, do you think I have an issue? And he's like, of course you have yep. an issue. But that's what I love about it when we podcast. And <laughs> Makes I, a great podcast. Oh, we're still on your cups of tea reading. Okay, so, let's yeah, move on. I'm giving it a four. All right, what do you got for your GBG? You're good. You're bad. And you're great. Okay, you ready for yes, this? Yes, I am. My good. Still the Sharma Sharma confusion continues. How? You know that Kate is Kate and Edwina nope. is Edwina. But they still call her. This is Miss Sharma. This is Miss Edwina Sharma. Sorry, she already has a date to the race. Don't worry. I was hoping to date you, Miss Sharma. <laughs> I don't think her I don't think her name is said once in this episode. Uh no, I don't think uh, they they have the Still just like Miss Sharma. They have the little pet names between Kate and Edwina. Yes. She they she D Dee Dee and Bon. Yeah. Uh, I, I'm probably just like just raking those names across the coals right now. So I apologize if I'm mispronouncing it, but yeah, they have the pet names, Yes, which is another layer of the Sharma confusion. Yes. Um, Didi Sharma Sharma. (laughs) But, but. Bonnet Wida Sharma. They very rarely say Kate. Very, very rarely. So I love it. I could like, I kind of just want to see how long the Sharma Sharma goes on for. No, I think you know when what? does she get a name? You Where does the, she get upgraded to having her own name be said in public? I, I'm thinking that the T-shirt should say Sharma and the Sharmas. That should be the band, the, the band T-shirt. So that's been great. Is it still going on? And I'm glad that had I not clarified this with people, yeah, aka you, mm-hmm. I would still think that was her name. <laughs> uh, my bad. Eloise, when she first approaches the print shop boy, so Eloise, she's on that carriage. What? Caitlin on Facebook says, we all know who doesn't like it when Mary doesn't st- stay on subject. Uh, Good old Lou. Lou. <laughs> Lou on iTunes. Lou, Lou on iTunes lives on. Lou lives. For those of you who don't know, we get a, we get a bad rating on iTunes once, and it's become an inside joke now where <laughs> someone didn't like the fact that Mary just has a couple of tangents every once in a while. and uh, Every day. <laughs> Lou continues on. I don't know how. It's like uh, it's like love in the Last Kingdom. Yeah. Lou is eternal. It she he or she goes on. <laughs> so uh, Eloise approaching yes. the print shop boy. Tell That's me your what bad. you know about her. It was so awkward, so play. So like last episode, okay. episode one, I had that moment where I felt like I was in a play yes. with Sharma, Sharma, and yes. Edwina Sharma. This is a moment that took me out when Eloise went up and she just is like. Tell me what you know. And maybe it's Eloise's immaturity, but it just felt so fake and forced and like a play yeah, I in wonder, that moment. I don't, I'm not sure if it's Eloise's um, immaturity. I wonder if it is – I think it's just maybe the staging of it. And I, and I wonder – 
I wonder if there's like just uh, a lack of familiarity. I, I'm not sure what it is, but there's a disconnect. Yes, which is fine. It just, I got disconnected in that moment. My great, the horse race whistle. Oh, yeah. And the man. whole like, come on, get on, get on. I loved it that was so legit. much. It made me feel like I was in Fenway eating a Frank <laughs> at a Yankees Red Sox game. Yes, absolutely. Next to me. Yes. <laughs> and you would be saying, oh, God, how do you heckle the batters? Oh, I just, I got a whole bunch give of Give me one. Stuff. Give me one. Because uh, I mean, this would I be you at the races. I, I don't. I, I'm not going to go into the whole thing right this now. Not, you don't even know one. You haven't been to a game in that long. This is what COVID I, has I done to you. I know them. It's just okay, baseball. Hey, better, better, hey, better. Okay, now what would you say? What would you say? Okay. Well, I, I wouldn't heckle the next. I mean, if I'm going to heckle somebody, it's going to say, "Hey, you suck." I'm in your head. No, you know. But no. like, like when you're yelling in the stands, you, it, it, you say it, things. If I, if I say it to support, to be like, "See it and rip," you know, "See it and rip." Okay, that's one I've heard. Yeah, see the ball and rip it. Yeah. You know? Okay, what's another uh, one? I, you know, um, hey, 2-7, get in there. Yeah, get put in. Some, oh, get in there. That's get in there. Get put, in there. Get in there. Put some hair on it. Okay, that would have been you. <laughs> there would have been Sharma Sharma, woo-hoo, and Blake, get in there. <laughs> get in there. <laughs> so I totally felt like that would have been us at the races. Oh, man. You, you and me just going, me it's his birthday. Because <laughs> I love to know what the baseball players' birthdays are. It's your birthday. Okay. Your GBGs. Um, Leah and Korea here says, Mary, it's based on British etiquette, the whole Sharma Sharma thing. The eldest daughter of a family is always introduced and addressed as Miss, whatever the family name is. And in this case, it's Sharma. So she, the eldest daughter is always Miss Sharma. And all the younger sisters are always addressed as or introduced as Miss Edwina. So it depends on the age of the family and where you stand within the structure of that family mm-hmm. age. Fair enough? Yes. Okay, so thank you, Leah, in Korea. I appreciate that that knowledge drop. By the way, we received tons of emails with, with that uh, very I love when I don't know things, and oh, everyone's like, I know. Mary, first off, Google it, Mary. Yeah, yeah, we have a lot of people here, and Kate, Caitlin and Janelle saying that this was Kate's My Fair Lady moment. Fair enough. Uh, but my good, my bad, and my great. The first, the good, is the fencing scene with the brothers. Oh my God, you loved that scene I so thought that much. Because it's a guy thing. Because you want to be in the family. Well, yeah, obviously. But uh, just, I love their relationships. Um, I love that each of the characters' personalities come out within mm. that fencing match. Yes. I think that is spectacular. Yes. And it, it gives you a sense of what is at stake for all for for Anthony and what he's trying to do and why certain things are said, why they're not said, and how he's approaching this entire process. You know, it it's so interesting to watch it with the brothers being in the line that they are in, because I wonder if people see themselves as a different Bridgerton brother. In that scene, you know, eldest and and middle and youngest or whatever. Like, I think it's just, I know he's not the youngest because there's still more. Sure. Gregory. But Whatever. <laughs> but, you know, like you were laughing and you kept saying, oh, you know, Benedict cracks me up. Yes. Benedict's yeah. sneaky best character on the whole show. And I, in the last episode, said I was like Anthony, where I would have been like, and I need this and I need this and I need this and I need your ring. Bada mm-hmm. bing, bada boom. And I wonder if people see themselves in birth order and how they've had to relate in their families through that. Huh. Like, interesting. Even though I'm not the eldest, I'm the acting eldest in my family mm-hmm. because my sister has special needs. And I've had to kind of take charge many times. Mm-hmm. 
And we see that with Kate too. Yes, as a matter of fact. Kate Kate has is is all about the competition. And then you wanted to be a professional artist too. That's true. Uh entire entirely true. I love art. I love the whole thing. So I'm just I think I think Benedict sneaky best character on the whole show. Uh and I cannot wait for his season whenever that might be because apparently we're skipping Benedict within the book order and we're moving on right on to Colin which is, you know, it is it is what it is. All right. Um so my bad. Here's the thing with my bad. It just feels like we're getting a slightly repetitive like there are th- like we're trying to find out who Lady Whistledown is and yeah. there are there are deals afoot and uh where we're using people as bait and we're trying to figure out like um, you know, is Eloise there, and and the Queen is trying to f- get the lowdown on who's on who's who and who's hanging out with, uh, the Charm is, and it just like, I don't know, I it it just feels a tad like been here, done that. Well, I kind of like it though. Where are we move into? I like it. Just in, I mean, it's been a while since season one of Bridgerton, and not everybody is like us who rewatches everything and mm-hmm. gets really well acquainted. So I think that they need to use these introductory episodes as, as even though there might be moments of boredom for people like us who are like, okay, come on, we already know this fact. They need to make it for the more casual viewer. Sure, you know. Yeah, no, I get it. I get it. Not the psychopaths like you and I. <laughs> and all the nerds that are watching yes, right now. Yeah. Yes. I have a great, and it's a tie. Oh, I love when you have ties. Yeah, I was just going to say that shocks Sarcasm. me. Because you always tell me how much you hate when I have a tie. Oh, I know. I thought I'd mix it up. Um, <laughs> the first one is is this. There are a couple of examples within the camera work of this show that okay. when a certain character is speaking – but they're speaking about another character and they're, they're all in the same scene. Um, instead of cutting to, to another shot of that particular character, they're just changing the focus. And in, in, instead of focusing on person A, then they change the focus and then it, it, it focuses correctly on person B. Mm-hmm. And I, I like that. I like when people aren't lazy. Don't be lazy. Don't give me the taken treatment when yes. you need 21 different camera angles to show me Liam Neeson jump over a fence. I don't want that. Yes. Unless there's a specific reason for it. I love when when cameramen and camera operators and directors get creative. And this isn't necessarily even creative. It's just it's different it's and use it, yes. of camera and it's use of the tools. And it's something that I think a lot of shows have fallen back on, which is okay, we have camera A, we have camera B, we're going back and forth between the two. No, no, no. Like, use the camera the way that it's intended to be. Have it move with the characters. Have it show the depth of field. Allow that camera to breathe and tell a story visually unto itself. And that is what a lot of these scenes achieved by just doing something as simple as changing the focus. Mm -hmm. I really, really liked that. And then there's another subtle blink and you'll miss it moment in this episode. Once Penelope sees Colin, she's like, Oh my God, Colin. Yay. 
And he goes to talk to her and, and she goes to talk to him. And by the way, she was speaking with Edwina and she was, you know, just staying on, on, on the wall, like just. Oh, okay. The Ed, second. So not yeah, when yeah. Colin first arrives when she's talking with. Yes. Elevators. Oh yeah. Sorry. Uh, I apologize. It, when they're at the ball. Okay. And and she's talking with Edwina, and Edwina says, "Oh, I love your dress," and, and like kind of like gives her this little bit of of confidence, and yes. thank you for noticing me, and yada yada. And then Colin shows up. Oh my God, Colin! Hey, how are you? And mm-hmm. she she moves away from the wall mm-hmm. and goes into the middle of the hall to speak to Colin. Ugh. And then she speaks to Colin. And he gives her the just death blow of your you know you're you're a, you're not a real you're, you're not real you're my friend woman. Penelope. And that's this this subtle blink and you'll miss it moment is she oh. immediately backs up against the yep. wall again. So you see her come out of her shell, go speak to Colin, do the thing, and she and in air quotes fails, and then moves back to her comfort space of being on the wall. Have you ever had somebody do that to you? Where they are like, yeah, "No, you. you are my friend." <laughs> No, sorry. Opposite. I'm glad I can help bring you to the dance floor. Yeah, that's true. I've definitely helped you do that. But have you had anybody in your life ever do that to you where it's like, no, you're my friend? Oh, yeah, I'm, I'm, uh, oh, yes, actually, I can, I can tell you, yes, I've had that happen to me before. Yeah. And that's not fun. Mm -mm. That's not fun. Have you had that happen to you before? Opposite. What? Oh, you've done that to somebody? Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, I know. (sighs) Oh. I don't even want to know. Don't even want to know. What? I don't like I knowing didn't marry about the, them. I don't like. I don't like knowing about the other the other people. It's just one of the it, guys look like Edward Norton too much and just weirded me out. I'm not into him. Ed, you're not into Edward Norton. Nope. Not even like nope. Prime Edward Norton. Nope. Like no. No, not at not all. Not prime for me. No. Wow. Nope. Like American History X. I mean, Goodbye. minus the whole Nazi nope. thing. But like. Goodbye. Wow. Mm-hmm. Wow. Interesting. Thanks. Well, the score, the score, Edward Norton. No, I'm all set. Wow, not okay. my type. And yeah. I couldn't say that. Couldn't be like, sorry, you remind me too much of Edward Norton. <laughs> like that wouldn't. I'm pass. afraid you're gonna curb stomp me. But instead, <laughs> you're just a really good friend. She got friend zoned. She got. She, she totally got friend zoned. By the way, way underrated. The friend zone. <sighs> you love that movie. That movie. That movie is spectacular in every way. Love the friend zone. Sorry. <laughs> Mary's giving me the land the plane, Helen. Yes. <laughs> All right. Uh, so, what do you got for this? Now that I got the GBG. Oh, by the way, there are there's no music um, in no, this. No, so disappointed. Yeah, there's no covers in this episode. I watched this episode three or four times. Yes. And I thought, am I just too distracted because there's so many people, places, and things going on? So many beautiful dresses. Can I please have Sharma Sharma's entire wardrobe? Mm. I'm all about those jewel toned <laughs> teals. But no, there was no cool music covers. Yeah, fair enough. Fair enough. Why? I don't know. I don't know. I'm not sure. Maybe they're maybe they're waiting for the right needle drop moment. Okay. Uh, Mary, I think what I want to talk about is this: the first episode, while it introduces, I think again, once again, you know, us as viewers to the characters once more and where they all stand and where they are. Um, we, I think we got a little bit more of an Anthony flavor from the first episode. And in this episode, uh, we get more of a Kate flavor. Mm. It feels more about her. And that's why I played the conversation between she um, and Lady Danbury and Lady Danbury together first. Because this feels like it sets the stakes for 
uh, for Kate a little bit more. I mean, we, we know of the arrangement that she has with the Sheffields, but this is more personal. This is, I'm going to be a governor. I'm going to going to be a governess. I'm going to be happy to live by myself. And it just feels like Kate is getting a, a getting a more of an understanding of Anthony and what he could potentially do to to Edwina. It just I'm getting that sense. What do you think? Oh, I completely agree. I think between seeing her writing down the list of the eligible bachelors that she approves of, and then when they do come a courting for Edwina with all their flowers and they're standing in the line, and she's the one opening and shutting the doors, letting the gentlemen know they need to be patient. Mm -hmm. Um, It is. It's very, very Sharma, 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 heavy. <laughs> and, um, but, but you really get to see the dedication and devotion that she has to this. And then when she is speaking to Lady Danbury and letting her know about the plans and her, you know, just planning to, to be single forever and, and how she's going to be okay with that. Um, there's a lot of depth. And yet what's so interesting is, you know, the, her wanting to find someone for Edwina, like the easy button would just be whatever. Lord Bridgerton wants you easy. Mm-hmm. Like we're done. <laughs> easy button, <laughs> you know, like mission accomplished. But she wants Edwina to find that love. Mm-hmm. She really, really wants her to. And is trying her hardest, yet still making, making sure they're suitable she wants she she really wants to to fight that fight for her sister. Yeah, and that's why I keep saying and I and I well I keep saying, but I go back to the idea that this is and again, we we have some stuff with Anthony. If you're looking at the live right now, we have the fencing the fencing scene which I again, it just it's a perfect play um aspect of what the brothers are, what their personalities are and how they interact with each other, especially when when you know when Anthony says that Benedict honors him by not holding back and, he's, and then he sits him on his ass. Mm-hmm. Um, and even though we have that, the stuff with Kate feels like we have to understand and appreciate and value the emotional math for Kate and what it means for her to be successful. And also what that entails for her interactions with Anthony in particular. I love when she looks so happy and so satisfied and so smug. (laughs) So so, the smugness, the smugness level (laughs) when Anthony brings the horse, it, it is to the moon skyrockets. He got that bow for that horse, by the way, where you get the big bows for the cars. When you get someone a car on Christmas, who are those people? and I curse those commercials every holiday season. Who gets a a car on Christmas? B, where do you get the bow? Oh, yeah. How do you even get that bow? Do you get it on Etsy? Is it an Amazon thing? I don't even know. Who makes that bow? Listen, if you is it a real bow, like a silk bow, or do they just send you ribbon with instructions, like an IKEA (laughs) thing that you have to staple it together? You you know those things that, like, when you pull the string, it like makes all the little. It makes all the little. Do you pull the string and it becomes a giant ass bow? Aroma bows. At the car dealerships, and they're like, "Don't open that closet." Do you have to give the bow back? Yeah, is it a loaner bow? <laughs> is it a loaner bow? Is there a magnet on the bow so it stays on in case it's a blustery Christmas morning? I mean, there are so many questions with the dang bow. 
Oh, oh man. Oh man. All right. So what you can clearly tell, I think, irrespective of what we already know, at least from the advertising of the show, is that we're setting up uh, an enemies to lovers um, scenario between Kate and, and Anthony. Love it. And I'm always a big fan of those kind of stories. That would have been us if we knew each other younger. Oh, absolutely. A hundred percent. Um, you would have hated me and I would have ranked on you to the end of the earth. Like it just, it never would have ended. It would have taken a lot for me to date you. That's true. If I knew you when you were younger. That's a good point. (laughs) You would have had to like give me CPR (laughs) and save endangered turtles. (laughs) (laughs) By accident, Uh, but I, but you still would have saved them because you wouldn't have done it on purpose. Yeah. Um, (laughs) so I, I'm always a big fan of those kind of stories that kind of, you know, it, I, there's, in storytelling, there's a, there's a huge, I'm sorry, there's not a huge, there is a very, very extraordinarily thin line between enemies and lovers. Um, in, in much a sense that an enemy is someone who has the same goal as, an antagonist has the same exact goal as a protagonist, generally but they're doing it in a way that is opposite of the protagonist. One that is, uh, you know, the greatest example is uh, the Dark Knight. The Joker and Batman, right? The Joker wants the soul of Gotham, and Batman wants to protect the soul of Gotham. That mean, meaning the, the people. I wouldn't say it's the greatest example, but okay. No, it is. It really is. And however... Batman is is protecting the soul of Gotham in one way, and the Joker is trying to compete for the soul of Gotham in a different way. Like, remember when he gets the people on the boat and he makes them like with the bomb, and he and doesn't matter. Whatever. What I'm trying to say is this: How about Kylo Ren? Uh, and what? Enemies to lovers. Uh, yeah, sure, okay, fair enough. Yeah, that's more more modern. Uh, more modern. Yep, uh, I will give you that. By the way, yeah. Speaking of that, Dark Knight came out fourteen years ago. Can yeah, you believe let's that? Keep up with the times. Holy smokes! <laughs> but I love I love the enemies to lovers trope because there is such a fine line between enemies and lovers, and what that means in that quick little push. What what has to happen in order for that to facilitate itself? It makes me think about what goes through your body. When you are passionate without actually being able to be to act upon it, and then when you are filled with with anger and fury, but you are not able to physically act upon it, you know how they say that anxiety and excitement actually have the same feelings in your body. I learned this because I have high functioning anxiety. For those mm-hmm. of you who don't know. And when you are anxious and you've got the butterflies in your stomach and your body's kind of twitching and you're kind of you feel like your body's buzzing. That when you are excited about something and you're very much so looking forward to something, you may be having the same physical reactions. There could be butterflies in your stomach. Your hands might be shaking. You might be sweating. Think about how many times you've sweated because you've, you're so excited about something. Um, so I've learned that when I'm nervous and anxious about something, I can try to tell my body, nobody. Maybe you're just excited. <laughs> Maybe you just need to calm down because you're just excited. But it made me think about with this lovers and, and enemies that that passion mm-hmm. could kind of be seen that same way. You know, uh, when you're having this drive, 
and the fire. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I burned for you. Oh, oh, absolutely. And and I I think a great personification of that fire and that drive and that 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 line mm-hmm. is the race itself. Yes. Which is they're busting each other's balls hardcore. But Anthony keeps giving her this look of like you're amazing. Right. And again, <laughs> it goes back to the idea that Anthony sees Edwina as a match, but what we recognize, and this is the great thing too, right? When we see a deficiency in a character and we know the answer, we know it. And this is when you can tell when something is holding them back. Mm -hmm. Um, It works really well in comedies. Like for example, Michael Scott. Michael Scott is a character in The Office that you know has these certain things that he can't see. Certain things that he just... Like the fact that he's a total train wreck, but he thinks he's the world's greatest boss. And as viewers, we see that. Mm -hmm. And that is funny. And he puts himself in funny funny positions because of that that gap between Mm -hmm. what he sees and what he is. And it's harder to work in dramas unless you're using it in 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 a way that we're doing now, which is... Uh, enemies to lovers, that kind of deal. We see the fact that Anthony has a a blind spot, and that's love. And how do we get him to to move through that gap? How do we, and that's what this that's what this um, season is about. It is that that trajectory through that gap, and we get that dramatic irony of knowing. Okay, there there is an answer here, and that is Sharma Sharma. And another perfect example of what is happening here is this: the the, the gift of the horse, while it's funny and the, and it is a blind spot and it is a gap I mean, that we're referring to. Does he get a refund? To, Was the tag still on it? the The funny thing is that he gets it, thinking that Edwina would love it, mm-hmm. but she likes the horse because it reminds her of a fictional character. It mm-hmm. is fake. Mm-hmm. It is not real whereas that gift of a horse would probably be better suited to kate yes because she as we have noticed at the first episode is an excellent rider yes it is by design Mm -hmm. that we have a fictional character being um juxtaposed against a real real character real in quotes character in Kate who would appreciate an actual real life horse. Mm-hmm. I find that to be fascinating. Agreed. Fascinating stuff. You know what I think would be fascinating? You know how we have our little scribbling, what is it? Scribbling? Scribbling or? predictions. Yeah. I think we need to add to our scribbling predictions who does Edwina end up with? I think it's someone we haven't met yet. Really? Yeah, I don't think she ends up with anybody. I don't. I, she doesn't end up with a Bridgerton. And she She's hopefully not going to end up with a Featherington because I just get like too too much. No, that's 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 too much. Um, it's someone that we haven't met. How about someone that we met from this episode? How about the lemonade guy? He was nice. Or the guy that likes India? He was nice. Uh, Granted, a fibber. Yeah, a no, shady. no, because he's he's in on Kate. So if you know what, here you go, Mary. I like this. Thank you. Scribbling prediction, she ends up with the lemonade guy. Love it. Because he seems to be genuinely in on her. And he 
got lemonade. He probably waited in a wicked long line. Oh, you know it was hot. Oh my gosh. You know, he probably uh, has to pee. How smelly must it have is, been? Just watching the lemonade be poured into a cup. Oh, yeah. Saying I've already dedicated myself to this line. There's still 20 people to go, but if I get out now, there's going to be 40 people. Yeah, I know. I can't, I can't leave. I, I, I've already invested all the time. Oh, and he just keeps seeing that pour. Oh, I don't even remember his name. I couldn't even... Was it Lord Melton? Dawson? I don't know. I, I don't remember. Anyway. But, I mean, but you know... He's I sitting... don't want the guy that was complaining with the flowers. When is it going to be my turn? Yeah. <laughs> Not him. Here, guy. Not you. You're guy's, a whiner. Poor guy's probably sweating bullets in that hat. Yeah. Lemonade guy. Lemonade guy. I think he might be the thing. In honor of This Is Us. That's who we're going to root for. Oh, sure. Why not? I'll, I'll, give, it, I'll give that to you. Okay. So... Are you still rocking and rolling with the Sharmas? Um, let's see. What else do I got here? Um, Because hmm. I would love to delve into Penelope a little bit. Okay, what do you got for Penelope? What do you got for Penelope? Oh, my goodness gracious. What so, does what, uh, Lord Lumley, as uh, Janelle says Lord on- Lord Lumley. I was close. Melton. Mm. You know what Melton is from? No. Um, Downton Abbey. Okay. That's what it's from. Love it. I got that. I got that screwed up. Um, um, yeah, sorry, go ahead. No, just poor Penelope is- Practically drooling over Colin and his coming back home early, and who could blame her? I'm glad Colin got rid of the facial hair because that was not great. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Not mm, great. Mm-mm. Oh my gosh. By the way, my physical therapist who had to do physical therapy on my mouth. Okay. Awkward. <laughs> How does that even work? So he's just like, just so you know, I will wear a glove. And I said, I hope so. And then he stuck his thumb on my lower jaw teeth and sat behind me and held my forehead and just pushed my lower left, my lower right teeth down 30 times and then said, okay, rest. And then did it three more times, like three sets of 30. That is... That is awkward. Yeah, and with the with the with the preamble of like, oh, by the way, I'm, you, just so you know, I, I I'm probably gonna wear a glove. Like like it's like not normal to not wear a glove. <laughs> like, do people think you're not going to wear a glove when you're doing mouth inside mouth physical therapy, man? Not great, Bob. And then he kept readjusting his mask because his facial hair was so fluffy. Oh, and unkept. And then when he needed to show me my jaw exercises that I need to do, he wants me to pretend that I'm rolling a pencil between my teeth. Um, yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah um, you do that for like a couple minutes. They, yeah. You're going to be tired. Yeah. Well, so he pulled down his mask uh-huh. and his beard was just so yuck. Oh, yeah? Like Like birds that, are living in there? Like, like comb it. I mean, Hagrid... Hagrid's hair has nothing on this guy's beard. Thank God he had to wear a mask. So when I saw Colin... You're a wizard, Harry. I mean, it's nothing compared to my physical therapist who shoves his thumb in my mouth's beard. I, when when but you keep saying shoves... He shoves his thumb in my mouth. I keep thinking shoves that it you're going to say something else. That's what she said. Um, <laughs> I have had some weird physical therapy. Between that, yeah, and your witch and then lady? my hoo ha. No, my well, my mental therapy. Yes, yeah. I have a witch, but my hoo ha, I had yeah. to have physical therapy because somewhere inside there was spasming after I had kids. Third base as therapy. Think about that. Um, <laughs> yep, PT. Bam. PT. Oh, well. PC. <laughs> 
<laughs> so, uh, beard, okay. Colin, so, yes. slight facial hair. Out, out on the facial but hair. But Penelope was just so excited to see him. Yes. And that moment that he looks at her. Like, she comes in and everybody is there. And um, Hyacinth's oh. like, I'm two inches taller than Gregory. No, you're not. And then Colin just has this, like, little look at Penelope. Mm. <gasps> and then when the they're at the the ball at the um or at the races and he says you're the person who wrote back to me the most yes oh my god but then we're left with the idea that oh i just wanted to be with myself and you're you're my friend is this something that he is trying to tell himself or do you think he honestly believes it i think he honestly believes it because she's always been there like a sibling like she's grown up at his house with Eloise and he sees Eloise as his young sister. I don't think he sees Penelope as a woman yet due to the age and her proximity of age with Eloise. Yeah. As Eloise continues to be further into society. And I think as Colin sees someone else, maybe get interested in Penelope. That's when the, the yeah, that's when the, the feelings are going to be, yeah. are, are going to be recognized. Yeah. Yeah. Cause I don't think there's anything malicious in his intent when he says that. I don't think, but because she's just been friend zoned, because she's always been a friend, she was never on the table because she's Eloise's best friend. Right, right. Um, no, I, I, I'm just so excited for her, and yet so bothered for her with Eloise. How come? Because Eloise keeps blowing up her spot as she's talking to Colin. Oh yeah. And then Eloise finds this pamphlet on dog doo doo, mm-hmm. and says, "Oh, I figured it all out." And we've got this issue. We've got this issue with the K. Mm-hmm. What do you think about Eloise? What do you th- like? I said at the at the top of our episode, Mary. There's a lot going on here. We have Eloise being, you know, uh, introduced into the world, the, the dating world. There into society, into, into society, the into the ton. Then we have the friendship between she and Penelope. Yes. Then we have the investigation that she has. Which has been ongoing since last season. I know, but it just, but what I'm saying is there's a lot of things happening here. On top of that, we have Edwina with Anthony. We have Kate with Anthony. We have the Colin and Penelope aspect. Then we have the Queen and Lady Danbury. By the way, that friendship, oh my God. The the mimosas that I would love to share with those two. Oh, all day, every day. See, yeah. it's so different than me. What do you mean? I would not want to hang out with them. Those two. I would not want to be around fabulous. the queen at all. I know, and that's like your jam. I if like they are a walking People magazine, I, and which Blake used to subscribe to. Oh. Us. Uh, oh, yeah. Us. Yeah. All the trash. Human Us magazines. Oh give me gosh. all the rag. And the, here I am with National Geographic. Give me all the rags. Oh, my God. Oh, We're it's so the different. best. And what, <laughs> what I would give, what I would give, like when, when Lady Danbury goes up there and says, hey, what are you doing? I know what you're doing here. And she wags her cane a little bit the way mm-hmm. that she does when she's making a point. Oh, her qu- cane swagger. The cane swagger is through the roof. Love it. I love every second of it. I would I would give anything just to hang out with those two and be a fly in the wall and just and just I I'm actually looking quite forward to the spin-off with the queen because it's going to be highlighting the relationship between Lady Danbury and she and also um the Bridgerton mom and where and how she feels fits in all that 
Oh, give it, I, give it all to me. I'm much more Lady Bridgerton. <laughs> Do you agree? Yes, I would. I would totally agree. I would totally agree. I don't want to be in on that inner circle. No. I don't want any of that. Just give me my kids and my cake and my piano. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, but there's a lot happening here. And then we get into this whole thing of like the, then when she goes to the place and she talks to the guy. Who's the she? I hate uh, Sorry, Eloise. Eloise. Eloise when, when Eloise goes to the, goes the to print the printer shop. and she talks to the guy and the guy busts her balls <laughs> a little bit. Okay. So, you know, that's going to go somewhere because that's obviously an enemies to lovers type deal as well. Ooh. And, yeah. uh, there's a lot happening here. And between that and the fact that we know that this is going to be a Kate and... Oh, and, and there's a wedding in this episode. Philippa. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. She gets married. Like, that's a thing. The Finches are now part of the Featherington family. Yeah, And, you know, obviously they made sure that they got paid, mm-hmm. which is, you know, that's, that's a thing. Mm-hmm. Is the show spreading itself too thin, in your opinion, Mary? Are you satisfied with the with what appears to be uh, a? I'm actually a quite wide satisfied. Cast. Yeah, yeah. Uh, there are a couple of characters who I'm bored with. I am bored with the new Lord Featherington. I'm good that he's Gaston, but like nice Gaston. Yeah, you have all the stuff okay. on the wall. That's great for you, buddy. Oh but gosh, who, who like, are you? He's Gaston. Yeah, <laughs> good point. <laughs> <laughs> um. I also don't care about the guy that now owns a gentleman's club. I forgot his name, the wrestler, the oh, boxer. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, you know what? Yep. I agree with you. Yep. I, there, there will That will come into play. Mondrich is his name. Okay. That will come into play. But like, I don't care. At some point. And it, like you said, there's so much. There's so much that has to be juggled right now that only a couple of things can have my true attention and my... Desire. Yeah. And for me, opening up a new gentleman's club and introducing Benedict. Yeah, the significance the the significance will be in Benedict because he will be able to meet with the guy that the artist the artist that will get him into the school that he wants to get he wants to get into. You can't. Mm, I can Benedict say whatever I want. Just because you like Benedict doesn't no, mean I, I have I, I to like I Benedict. I, that's why I stopped myself when I said you can't because it, it, I'm not saying that you can't, but I'm, I'm saying surprised you stopped yourself. Um, I think Benedict is going to go somewhere, and I and I, hope I like he goes that. Far away. I hope he goes further away than Greece. <laughs> I mean, he's fun, but like, no, Colin. You're thinking of Colin. Uh, no, I'm not. I oh. want him to go as far away. Oh, gotcha. Further away than Greece. Because gotcha. Colin was only gone for a little bit of time. He's gone for, what, two episodes? One and a half? Sure. And he had a whole range of experiences. <sighs> I'm just bored of Benedict. He gives me nothing. <sighs> Benedict's great. He gives me nothing Sneaky right now. Sneaky best character. Sneaky best. <laughs> um, what did you think of... Uh, oh, what, what did I... What did I what, what Speaking of Benedict, who we yes. used to bang... Mademoiselle. Yes. Sees Penelope Featherington getting the unbroken The modiste. The modiste. Yes. Sees Penelope in the town. Yes. Dressed in gorgeous. I mean, like, Penelope, if you're trying to be undercover, please wear something a little less bold. A little less bold. Yeah, you'd be a little bit more conspicuous, yeah. will you? Um, wear gray. Um, wear some linen-colored thing. Uh, what, this is obviously... 
how some of the Lady Whistledown stuff gets figured out. What that means is, I think, up for grabs. What do you think it means, Mary? Mm, Penelope's going to have her hands full. In what? In what she's way? Just, I mean, she, the the doors are closing in on her. She's got Eloise trying to figure things out with the print shop, and then she's got Colin, who may be coming on the market. Who knows? Who knows what's going on? So she has to like, she's friend zoned, so you have yep. to figure that out. And now she has the modiste, potentially knowing who she is, hmm. or at least knowing that she's. Does the modiste use this to her advantage? Let's. Uh, well, let's 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 start from the beginning. Does the Modis figure out that she is Lady Whistledown? No. Okay. No. So then, what does it mean then? If she doesn't figure it out, what does it mean then to you? Does she figure it out right? Like, has she figured it out in this episode? Does she see Penelope running and she knows right away what that means? I don't yes. think so. Okay. So then what does it mean for Penelope going forward that the modiste has seen her if you don't think that she's Well, she it will figure it out. Yeah. Or she'll ask her. She'll ask her in front of her mom and it's going to get her in trouble and she can no longer spend her pen money or whatever. Her mom might tell her she can't go shopping anymore. <laughs> um, yeah, it's going to be an interesting... It'll be an interesting thing. Maybe, maybe Penelope is going to have to keep the Modi's mouth shut by buying dresses. Because she hates her dresses. Oh, I like that idea. And she has so much money. So maybe she's just going to be like, whatever. Yeah. I'll buy all this stuff from you. Yeah. So just to show you. I don't want to wear yellow Hush anymore. money. Yes. Hush money. She hush needs money, hush money. But in a gown. I like it. Tanya here says that Benedict gets to be playful since he's not the firstborn in charge and I'm all for and that's it. That's why I think Blake relates to him. Why is that? What does that mean? You're the baby of the family. You yeah. know nothing about the responsibilities that the eldest have to deal with. Um, mm. Growing up. I'm not talking about the recent lifelong struggles. I'm saying growing up, life was pretty cush. Fair. Fair. Fair enough. For you. I'll give you that. Yeah. I'll give you that. Uh, all right, Mary, anything else that you want to say? You weren't the one who was drawing up fire evacuation plans for the family. No, I was not. Saying we need to practice this once a you know, you know, there's a funny story I have about fire evacuation. The one time that my fire alarm went off in my house, mm-hmm. I was terrified because it wasn't like a beep, beep, beep. It was like a, like a, a very deep guttural, like terrifying sound. Mm-hmm. I got up. And I just ran out of the house. Good. I ran out of the house. I didn't. I didn't wait for anybody. I didn't wake anybody up. I didn't do. No, I just ran right out of the house. And I realized wasn't wearing clothes. <laughs> just got up. Wasn't wearing clothes outside of my house. I mean, that's a choice. <laughs> it was terrifying. Well, my fire alarm went off freshman year of college, mm-hmm. and I was in the shower. Oh yeah, how'd that work out for you in your towel? Yeah. That's how I made friends. Was it in the winter? <laughs> Between that and Dunkaroos. And was it was it cake. in the winter or was it in- uh... It was in the fall. Oh, it so was so, like okay. a fire drill. Okay. You know, you, they do fire drills, except I was in the shower. And I'm standing there thinking, hopefully this is a fire drill. If it's not a fire drill, I am in the shower. Mm-hmm. So I could wait it out and just play chicken with the flames. <laughs> You're in water. I mean, it yeah. be fine. I was like, well, it depends how bad the, wa- the flames are. And if it really gets that bad- I had a plan. I could get my towel sopping wet and oh, then yeah. run out naked. Oh, that but, like, makes covered sense. Covered in the towel. Yeah. So if it's a fire, whatevs. You sure. see my butt. 
That happens. Yeah. It's college. <laughs> Anything else you want to say about this episode, my love? No. Yeah, no, I think we're good. I think we're in a good place here. I concur. All right, let's close this bad boy out, shall okay. we? Let's do it. want to thank you all so incredibly much and remind you that Bridgerton with Marion Blake now has a complimentary text service. So if you want to join us live on Facebook, Instagram, or YouTube, you can. If you live in the U.S., all you need to do is text the phone number 81010, that's 81010, and in the message field, you're going to put the at symbol and then write Kate Sharma, K-A-T-E-S-H-A-R-M-A, no spaces, all one word, directly after that at sign, and that will add you automatically to it. If you're outside the U.S., you can just send us a message, and we will send you the URL link that will get you signed up as well, because we would love for you to come and join us when we are able to go live. And you know what we would love to, if you looked at us the same way that Kate looks at Anthony, and the way that Anthony looks at Kate, when the, it just... I don't know if I want that. You no, know, I kind of do. You want to know why? Because that means we're, you know, we're all together here and we're, you can become a member at jointhenerdclan.com and, uh, and we get to have that kind of relationship. We get to make some bad decisions together and whistle and watch races and do the whole thing. Okay. I, I kind of feel bad for Edwina. This is not going to end well for her. She might get the lemonade guy who seems really nice. I don't know. Like, can you imagine how bad this is going to end up? Like, and it's not just bad because, uh, because of Anthony and how that's going to, you know how that's going to be. What's going to be really like bad is what happens between Kate and Edwina. Hopefully Edwina doesn't end up with the the kid who plays marbles. <laughs> the That's marble what I'm kid. I I'm I'm a little oh. worried. I'm a little worried for for Edwina what happens. Like how does that how did That's another thing too that I'm I'm struggling with. How can I root for the Kate and Anthony relationship if I know how bad this is going to end up for Edwina? She's done nothing wrong. She's done nothing to, to anybody about anything. Maybe she'll find a different love match. That's what I'm hoping. That's the only way that we can... That you can be okay with it. And if, if she sees something and says, Ah, I get it. I'm not meant to be with Anthony. Like, if she makes that oh decision... God, it obviously means she did not see season one, episode one of Anthony's butt. Oh, the thrusting? On a tree. <laughs> Mary loves thrusting butt. <laughs> We're going to have to you clip that. that. We're no, going to clip it. No, I really don't need it. I don't need it clipped. On that note. All right. My name is Mary. My name is Blake. Do you? I don't know how we end this. It's on the notes, Marvin. Now go brew some more tea. <laughs> go thrust some butt. Thank you, everybody. Thank you. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh, yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.